Hey guys, this is Pastor Josh from Fresh Church. We are so excited that you are joining us for our podcast today. I do want to tell you that we pray at Fresh Church that you would get involved in the local church in your city. The Bible says that those that plant themselves in the house of the Lord will flourish. And a podcast and an online experience, a YouTube uh, sermon is amazing, but it does not replace the local church, the hope of the world, the community, the family that God has placed all of us in. And so we hope you find that and we hope you enjoy this message today. It's always uh, great to see every single one of you guys here. December is here, right? Come on, I told uh, everybody that uh, came in this morning uh, that it was in the pre-huddle, you already have all your Christmas shopping done, right? Raise your hand, you're already done, your list is totally taken care of. You've got all the Christmas cards out with the family picture on it to every single person that you want to send it to. Life is good, right? Maybe it's like, yeah, that's not my story right now, right? Um, but I want to tell you that I want you just to, to know that God loves you. Like right where you are. I just want you to start there this morning before we get into the Word. I just want you just to know that God loves you. I want you just to, to think about when you look into the mirror that He sees a son, that He sees a daughter. I, I want you to, to know that His voice over you is so much stronger than anybody else's voice over you. And if you believe that, there would be so many things that would come into fruition in your life if you would just believe that his voice is so much greater than any other voice. What voices are you listening to? So this morning I want to talk from a message um, about this word, this one word that the Holy Spirit has just been putting on my heart uh, all week, and it's a word called suddenly. Somebody say suddenly. 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 How many people know that God can move in a Suddenly. God can move in a suddenly in our lives. I want you to think about something, and I wasn't necessarily going to go here this morning, but as I was um, uh, down there worshiping, I just felt like the, the Lord was just kept telling me this, 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 because the thing that the enemy wants to do is demoralize you. If he can demoralize you, then he can get your thought pattern off of the goodness of God, if he can demoralize you, then he can get everything that he wants to do um, and, and to bring into fruition into your life, and you can feel hopeless, and you can feel lost, and you can feel all of these things. If he can demoralize a church, then, then that, that means that he totally demoralizes the expectation. Because what happens when we lose expectation? Then we lose hope. We lose the fight. We lose the fire that is within some of you, you, you were very, 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 very on fire at one point in your life, and then you let the circumstances of life get into your flesh and get into your mind and, and let your circumstances rule your life instead of letting your spirit rule your life. And then your circumstances became bigger than the voice of God that's in your head and that's in your life. And you were demoralized. I, I realized this about my own self, about, uh, um, you know, when I was going through a lot of depression and anxiety and all these other things, the stem of that was demoralization. God, uh, the, 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 the enemy, excuse me, the enemy just completely demoralized my life. 
de- de- demoralized it in the way of going, you know what, man, you moved here, you did this and this and this, you know, there's so many good things that have happened, but, but you know, all this stuff, man, it, it's not really going the way that you want it to go, is it? And, and, and I just want you to know something. I believe that God came into my life, and, and, and he is continually coming into my life, and he's continually showing me a suddenly over the demoralization of the enemy. Over the demoralization of the enemy. And I want to be careful here today, but I want you guys to hear something. I believe that, that, that for whatever reason, that for some of us in here, we used to come into this building with great expectation. We used to come into these, this building believing that every single one of these seats were going to be full. We used to come into this believing, building believing that there was going to be a new family or a new person that was going to walk through the doors of this church every single Sunday. And then somewhere along the last four or five months, we had some people leave. We noticed some people left. We noticed this and this and this. And the enemy was totally demoralizing you. And that's why you haven't invited anybody to this church in the last three months. And I want to tell you that suddenly God wants to take that spirit away. He's not done. If he was done with this church and with this body and with this congregation, you know what would have happened? We would have all crumbled. This church would have just, you know, gone away. This church would have just gone into, uh, you know, non-existence and all this other stuff the moment that this person left or that person left or this person left or that person left, okay? And if you're a new person here today, I'm sorry, but I I just, I've got to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is putting on my heart right now to say to you. Because I'm tired of seeing anybody, including myself, walk into this building demoralized. Because when we're demoralized, the enemy wins. And he knows I've got them exactly where I want them. I've taken away all of their expectation. What is Christmas that we're suddenly going to be talking about today about expectation? Expectation. When is the last time you walked into this building with expectation? When is the last time that you walked into reading your Bible with expectation? When is the last time that you went to a prayer time and you went into it with complete expectation that you were going to meet God? When is the last time? And maybe you did it yesterday, but I'm just telling you, I believe that God wants to raise up a people of expectation. That that's who changes the world. It's people that are expecting to change it will actually change it. That's the people that will come into a building like this and a place like this, and people will want to be here because we're surrounded by people that are expecting great things. I'm not expecting the worst anymore. I'm expecting the best because I've got a good God that says he has declared me over me the best, that the best things will happen because I am in Christ Jesus, and when I am in Christ Jesus, I am constantly favored because of that. Because he's constantly favored, my life is constantly favored. Do you believe that? We are not a people of demoralization. We are a people of expectation. We are a people of suddenlies. I want you to think about this. The shepherds were out in a field, and it had been 400 years. You you, want to talk about not hearing from God? There's normally always a blank page in your Bible between the Old Testament and the New Testament. What does that blank page represent? It represents the 400 years of silence 
from God. There were no prophecies for 400 years. The people of Israel were still waiting in faith, but also with patience. Let me tell you something that the Lord has been showing me here lately. You can have all the faith in the world that you want to. I'm believing in faith that this is coming in my life. I'm believing in faith that I'm going to be healed. I'm believing in faith that my finances are going to get better. I'm believing in faith that my marriage is going to be this and this and this. But if you have faith but you don't have patience, then your faith will wane. You have to have patience and faith together. Let me say that again. You have to have faith and patience together. Because faith says, I'm believing for this to happen. Patience says, yes, we are waiting patiently for that to happen. Faith says, I'm believing that my marriage is going to be restored. Patience says, I am believing in patience that my marriage is getting stronger every day. It's faith and patience together. I believe that the people of God during those 400 years, they had to have faith and patience together so that their faith wouldn't just go away. Because see, sometimes we can have a dream. We can have a dream, like a new church plant in Nashville, Tennessee, to reach a whole lot of people and to do this and to do all this good into the world. And then we can have faith for it, and we can have faith for it, and we can have faith for it, and then as we step toward it. But if we don't have patience to see it come to pass, then guess what? Our faith will wane sometimes we have more faith than we have patience, and faith and patience always have to go together, people. Faith and patience always have to go together. That's one of the things that God is teaching me, and so I have to be faithful to walk in the direction of my life that God has told me to walk, but I also have to have patience while I'm believing in faith for it to come to pass, and so I believe that the shepherds, they had heard about the Messiah coming the one that would be Christ the Lord, the one that would take all of their sins away, and they're out in a shepherd's field. A dirty job. Not a whole lot of people wanted to be a shepherd. Go to your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, verse 9. Here they are, faith and patience going together. Some of them might have been demoralized that night. Some of them might have been in the field and been like, you know what, we, I, maybe th- th- their faith wasn't there. Maybe their patience wasn't there together and their faith had waned and they're like, yeah, man, that, those old wise tales about a Messiah coming. Yeah, man, you know, what, what is it that God wants to do at that place? Man, he's never going to do that. No, 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 no. He's never going to do that in my life. He's never going to do that in my marriage. You know, I, I'm just over here. I'm just waiting in the field. I'm just watching the sheep now, man. I'm demoralized. I'm not really doing anything for the Lord. I'm not expecting anything. And then suddenly, suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared in a radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God, and the shepherds were terrified. They had been waiting and waiting and waiting. Maybe some of them were demoralized. Maybe some of them had faith and patience that were going together. Maybe they were still believing. It doesn't matter. But then in a moment, in a suddenly, 
the shepherds' lives were changed forever. Because the angel of the Lord, the angel, the, the host of angels that came down that night would say, hey, unto you there is a savior of the world. His name is Christ Jesus. He's right over there. Why don't you go and worship him? He's the one that you have been waiting for. And suddenly, There was a change in the earth. There was a change in the environment. There was a change of blessing suddenly that happened. Their field was blazing with light. And I want to tell you that I believe that there could be a suddenly in this house of the Lord where we can suddenly, the Holy Spirit could fall upon us, suddenly where the presence of Jesus shows up, where suddenly God himself comes in and invades this church with light and invades our hearts again and invades our hearts with expectation again when we would get our mind off of what we think this should be and get our mind on what God has set in front of you, then maybe you would see Jesus. Maybe we would see Jesus. See, that's our biggest problem is we have all of this stuff in our own mind of how this is supposed to go in our life, of how this is supposed to happen, of how this is supposed to get me there, and how this is supposed to do this. They had to be thinking, what? There's a Savior of the world. He's born in a barn over there. We're going to go and worship him. He's supposed to be in a palace. Do you not know that? Angel, I think you got the wrong prophecy. I think you got the wrong field. I think you got the wrong message because this doesn't make any sense. But suddenly, Jesus was born in a place where nobody else would recognize him. They had to humble themselves. They had to get down their own heads of what the Savior was going to look like, and then they had to walk over to that barn and get down on their knees and worship something that they didn't think was going to be the Lord that actually was. I wonder if it's the same with you. How many times there are situations in your life that you don't think are the Lord, but it is the Lord, and you've got to humble yourself and get down on your knees and worship the goodness of God for what he has given you, not for what you wanted. Not for the picture that you saw, but for the picture that he has given you. We have to humble ourselves. We have to humble ourselves to go, okay, well, this is not exactly what we thought it was going to be at this and this and this, but it doesn't matter because I'm still here. God has called me to this place. God has told me to build this. God has told me to be a part of this and this and this. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I am not going to let the enemy demoralize me when it comes to building the local church anymore. Because God has filled my heart with victory. He gave me a suddenly moment where I suddenly saw that it wasn't about what I thought it should be. It was about what he wants to do. And he is still good. And he is still moving in my life. And he is lighting up my world with the goodness of who he is. Luke chapter 2 verse 9 was just an echo of what the psalmist wrote in Psalm chapter 18 verse 12 when he said, suddenly the brilliance of his presence broke through. How do people know that the Holy Spirit is brilliant? Like, like, like he, he really is brilliant. Like he's absolutely the smartest person ever, 
right? Like, he is absolutely brilliant, and he wants to be brilliant in your life. The Holy Spirit's presence will make you brilliant. He will give you ideas that you have never even thought, hoped, dreamed, or imagined. Why does the Bible say that? Because the Holy Spirit is within us. And so we have to believe that his presence, when his presence breaks through, he gives us brilliance. This is so good. Suddenly, the brilliance of his presence broke through. Suddenly, that night in the fields, when the shepherds were there, and they were in the fields, and they were waiting and waiting, and they had been patient, and they had faith, or maybe they were demoralized, or whatever it was, suddenly, the brilliance of the presence of the Lord broke through. And here's what I want to tell you. As you're going through a situation right now, and suddenly, the brilliance of the Lord can break through. Suddenly, the brilliance of the Lord can break through. Suddenly, the brilliance of His presence can break through your depression. Suddenly, the brilliance of the presence of the Lord can break through in your finances. Suddenly, the brilliance of his presence broke through in your relationship with your son or your daughter. Suddenly, the brilliance of the presence, and let me tell you something. I'm going to stop there for just a moment. If you're a parent in here, I want you to start saying this over yourself. I want you to start claiming something over yourself. I want you to, to claim, I want you to claim that that child that God has given you, you are the exact parent. You were made to parent that child. And that the brilliance of the Holy Spirit can break through to your child. Whether you have a child that is walking with the Lord, or whether you have a child that is far off from the Lord right now, or maybe you know another parent that needs to hear that. And maybe you're like, I don't even have kids, and I'm not even thinking about having kids. But then you have a situation in your life where the brilliance of the Lord can suddenly break through through you in someone else's life. Have you ever thought about that, that the Lord wants to use you to be his brilliance to someone? Like, the Lord literally wants to use so many of you to be his brilliance. So this is why you have to go, I don't want to live from my old man. I want to live from the new man, the old man that walks in the flesh, that has the wisdom of the flesh, that has the wisdom of the world. It doesn't matter. The wisdom of the world, it may be good, but it's nothing compared to the brilliance of the Lord, right? the brilliance of the Holy Spirit. We want Holy Spirit-filled ideas. We want Holy Spirit-filled minds so that you can go in to your workplace tomorrow and the boss goes, where did that idea come from? It would suddenly come to me through the brilliance of his presence that broke through in my life, in my prayer time yesterday when I was praying about what to bring to this company today. That parenting idea that song, whatever it is, guys, again, you've got to go and want the brilliance of God's presence to break through. 
the brilliance of God's presence broke through. And then in Luke chapter 1, verse 41, Luke chapter 1, verse 41, I want you to go there. This is another example of a suddenly. It's another example of a suddenly. At the moment she heard Mary's voice, the baby within Elizabeth's womb jumped and kicked. And suddenly Elizabeth was filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. So Mary, the mother of Jesus, she's pregnant with the baby Jesus in her womb. She walks into a room where Elizabeth, her cousin, is also pregnant. I want you to notice that it says, um, at the moment she heard Mary's voice, the baby, not the fetus, within Elizabeth's womb. The Bible calls it a baby. It's a baby. And we need to know that. All life is valuable from the very moment that God conceives it. All life. The baby within Elizabeth's womb jumped and kicked. And suddenly, Elizabeth was filled to overflowing. What does this mean for our lives? We're like, oh, that's a good story. But I've been around people that have the Holy Spirit on them. And when they walk into the room, it's like all of a sudden I'm just like, whoa, there's something different in this room. Like you can literally feel it. You can literally feel the presence of something different. And then all of a sudden, if you hang out with those people for very long, then the presence that's on them is normally going to come on to you as well. And and, and here's why it's so important for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis before we ever come in here on a Sunday morning. So that the presence that is on us weekly and daily, then when we come in here, it's multiplied by, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, I could go on. You, you get it? It's multiplied by 60, it's multiplied by 70, it's multiplied by 80, it's multiplied by 100, it's multiplied by 500, it's multiplied by 5,000, it's multiplied by, and then all these people want to be around it because they're like, whoa, what is going on? There's something that wants to leap for joy when the presence of God comes into a room, when the presence of God comes onto a person, when the presence of God begins to fill your life. There's something that makes other people want to jump up and go, whoa, what is that? love that. love that. I think this is awesome. And sometimes it happens suddenly. It, 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 it's like Elizabeth was just chilling in her room, and all of a sudden Mary comes in with Jesus, and John was just like, whoa, what is that? Oh my gosh, I can't wait. I've got to jump up and down. And then all of a sudden, Elizabeth is then filled with the Holy Spirit. Now this is interesting, because this is before Jesus breathes the Holy Spirit onto everybody else. This was in a visitation mindset in the Old Testament, not a habitation mindset. And it's so awesome, though, because it's foreshadowing of what could happen to us when Jesus walks into the room of our lives. 
and the Holy Spirit begins to fill our lives. We will be filled with the Holy Spirit I think it's awesome in the New Testament that when the disciples got filled with the Holy Spirit, there was a suddenly. And there was a, a move of God suddenly. And so many people got saved suddenly. How do we believe that that can happen then and not now? Do we really believe the Bible? Do, do, do we really believe? Guys, I'm not up here today to, to preach some eloquent sermon to you. I'm here to preach the word suddenly to you, because that's all that God gave me this, this morning and this week. All through the week, he just said, keep telling them suddenly. And then as I was down here, he was like, just keep telling them suddenly that I can come upon this congregation in such a way that it doesn't matter who's here or who's not here or who was here or who's going to come here. It doesn't matter. I can come in and come on to them suddenly. And if they would just want so much more of me, then watch the suddenly that I will do in this church. Watch what I will not drop on their lives. Watch what I will not do in this church. Watch what, what I will not do in your life suddenly. I think it's amazing that suddenly Elizabeth was filled with something that maybe she had never even experienced before. Did you know right now there's a drug addict right now in Nashville that needs a suddenly in their life? Do you know that right now that there's somebody out there uh, contemplating killing themselves right now that needs a suddenly on their life? There's somebody right now that you know that is dealing with alcoholism or is dealing with getting ready to, to, to leave a spouse or is getting ready to do something just purely dumb in their life. And they need the brilliance of the Holy Spirit to walk into the room and they need to feel the Holy Spirit on your life. They need to feel the Spirit on your life. They need to feel expectation. They need to feel something that you have died to yourself and that you no longer live and that Christ now liveth in you and the life that you now live, you live in the Spirit. So I was telling people in huddle up this morning. The Lord came to me this week and said, I was sitting there thinking about something, and I was, uh, and, and, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit was like, hey, Josh, you know you can never die. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you can never die because you've already died. I already killed that old man on the cross. I already killed him. He's dead. So now, even if your physical body was to die, guess what? It's just a continuation of you walking into heaven with me. That's it. But you can never really die because you've already died. So if I've already died, then what do I have to fear? Because everything that was in that old man, the nature of that old man is dead. And now I'm walking new as a new creature, cre creature in Jesus, a new creation. There we go. I put creature and creation together. I got a new word, creation, something. I don't know what that was. I, don't know. I can't even say it again, right? Think about that. 
That's awesome. See, that's brilliant right there. Holy Spirit is brilliant. I have one more scripture on suddenly. Hope this is helping you today. Isaiah chapter 29, verse 5. So good suddenly. But suddenly, your ruthless enemies will be crushed like the finest of dust. Your many attackers will be driven away like shaft before the wind. Suddenly, I love this. This goes into verse 6. It's not on the screen, but listen to this. Suddenly, in an instant, I, the Lord of the heavens' armies, will act for you. Somebody came to church today, and that was the only thing that God wanted to tell you. Is suddenly, in an instant, I, the Lord of the heavens' armies, will act for you. Because you have stopped believing that God will act in your life because you've let the enemy demoralize you. And you need to hear that suddenly your ruthless enemy, the Satan, will be crushed like the finest of dust. That your attackers that have attacked you, that have said things about you, will be driven away like shaft before the wind. That suddenly, in an instant, I, the Lord of heaven armies, will act for you. Do you not know that you have a God that wants to act for you? He's just waiting up in heaven. He's just going, I want to act for you. Do you not understand how much I want to act for you? If he did not want to act for you, then he would not have sent his son to die on the cross for us. He wouldn't have done it. He wants to act for you. He is not up there going, let me see how much pain I can give this person. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. The reason why is because he says, if, if you, who are an earthly father or mother, know how to give your child a piece of bread, how much more do you think I want to bless you? How much more will God feed you how much more will God take care of you? We have a God that suddenly wants to act on our behalf. But here's what I want you to know today. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. I want you to bow your heads. Spirit, just help us in this moment.
I used to want to to preach in all of these beautiful, eloquent, three-point sermon messages with great illustrations and all these other things, and I can still do that sometimes. I'm not saying it's bad. But this week and this morning especially, as I was praying, and last night as I was praying, the Lord just kept telling me over and over, I just want you to preach the word suddenly. I'm like, well, that's not a whole lot, Holy Spirit. But he goes, yeah, but that's all that they need. So I'm being obedient to that today. And I want you to know that there's a place in your life where God wants to do a suddenly and totally change you at his speed, not yours. At his speed, not yours. There's a moment in the life of this church where he wants to move at his speed, not ours. He wants to perform a suddenly in our hearts. And so God, I want you, and I'm asking you to speak to every single person that needs a suddenly in their life. And as you hear the Lord give you that suddenly, I want to ask you to do something. I want to ask you just to come up front and just to, to kneel down and begin to ask God. Come on. Just come up front. This is, church is not just about hearing a great message and a sermon and, and worshiping. Church is about, like, getting in the, in the presence of the Lord. So whatever that suddenly is in your life, would you just come down here and, and, just, and, and just begin to ask God for that suddenly? Just whatever that looks like. If you want to kneel down, you can kneel down. If you, want to, if you want to stand up, you can stand up. Whatever that suddenly is that you need in your life, that you are asking God for, he can bring that suddenly into fruition into your life just like that. And you need to know that. And you need to know that. And we need to believe for that. Everybody else, I, if, if you go, man, I think I'm good, um, but maybe you just need to do that in your seat. That's fine. Whatever that is. But I, I want everybody just to be praying for these people up here at the front right now. I want us to just, just really ask God. What is that suddenly? What is that suddenly? That sudden place. Where is it that you have been demoralized in your life? If you've been demoralized and expecting things from the church or whatever it is, I want you to, to pray that suddenly that your passion for this house, that your passion for Fresh Church would begin to suddenly begin to be on fire again, whatever that is, for every single person that calls this place home. And that there would be a new, renewed spirit that would come into this place. That there would be an expectation of the Holy Spirit moving. And some of us already have that. And praise God, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Holy Spirit, thank you for what you're doing. 
think of the suddenness. I pray for suddenly to happen in someone's life in here that has been dealing with addiction, that suddenly that addiction would come to an end. I, I, I pray that, that suddenly that, that light and joy would come in where depression and darkness is. I, I pray that suddenly, suddenly, that, that that person's life would be filled just like you filled the darkness. There were no lights but the stars on that night when you were there and you came to the shepherds in that field. But then suddenly you lit that field in a way that had never been lit before and the glory of God blazed around them enough for every single person to be trembling with fear. But then you told them, fear not for I bring you great news, great news, great joy today that unto you a Savior has been born. And so I pray that when we walk into a room, that it would be filled with such light that people would go, what is this? But then we say, fear not, for the presence of the Lord is in us, and we bring joy. Our message is joy. Our message is peace. Our message our message is freedom. And there would be a suddenly that would happen all over Nashville because of these people that are right here today, sitting in the seats and up here at this altar, that a suddenly would happen in their life, and that suddenly their life would be filled that their life would be filled, that our lives would be filled, that people would begin to jump up and down with excitement, that people would be beginning to be filled with the Holy Spirit because we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Mary was caring, was embodied. It was like literally in her. Well, guess what? That's a foreshadowing of what already can live in us because the Holy Spirit lives in us. We are indwelled in Christ Jesus with the Holy Spirit. So everybody that we run into has the potential to leap. To leap for joy because of what is in us. Oh, how good that is. To fill us with that type of spirit. I pray, I pray for this church, that this church, that this church would just be filled with expectation again. There's so many that already have that, but I pray that you would send many, many more that were done. You are not done moving in people's lives through this ministry of Fresh Church, and there's so many more people out there that need it. And so, God, I pray that we, that we, that we, Lord, that we would be a people of expectation again. Say, Holy Spirit, raise my expectation. Raise my expectation in this church raise my expectation for our kids' ministry, raise our expectation for my marriage, raise my expectation for my singleness, raise my expectation, raise my expectation in all ways. Because you are good. Suddenly, suddenly, suddenly. Just begin to say the word suddenly.
Amen.